Talk Recorded live. Hello, hello, hello. Just in case you are on early, this is Rhonda, and we are here for week or session 11 of How to Manage Money. Um, we will all be on in a little bit, and then I'll give you some announcements because it looks like we had to change some things. Um, we underestimated the time, and so we were going to finish tonight, but there's a lot left in Lesson 11 and 12. So I believe we're going to do a bonus night and end on Thursday, if that's okay with you guys. But Stacey will be on in a little bit. I'm going to put you on mute, and we will be back on in a couple minutes. Thank you so much for joining us again. Welcome.
Okay. All right. Can you hear me? We can hear you. All right. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Well, we are on session uh, 11, and um, so Thursday, this Thursday, that will be the bonus class. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very happy um, about doing this session. Um, One, I think that it's been, I know it's been a blessing to me to um, hear with us, say, of the Lord. Um, And I pray that it's been a blessing to everyone who has participated. Um, And if if you've never gotten the book, um, again, it's called uh, How to Manage Your Money by Larry Burkett. Amen. I think that this has really been, um, I believe that the word, it's been a lot to chew on. And it's been such, and I I consider that such a a blessing. Um, This has truly been a lesson, um, a much-needed lesson, I believe. And I want to thank Prophet Rhonda for allowing us to, allowing me to uh, teach this class. It's just been a blessing to me. um, And... um, and and I thank God for that. This has been her third Bible study. Um, I know that she's going to announce um, what the next study will be, um, but every study has just been a really a blessing. And um, if you are not connected to her prayer call on Saturdays, um, I pray that you would get connected to her call. Um, she's been doing it for a number of years. It's always a blessing. Um, to us. It starts at 7 a.m. Um, the phone number is the same. Um, and, uh, it, you know, I, I pray um, if uh, you would um, even post the, even Saturday, this Saturday's call. It was a, it, I mean, she shared a lot of great information um, and just what he, what uh, God has been um, speaking to her about it, the way that she brings it. Um, you know, I wanted to tease her. I, I called her uh, a gold digger one day. Um, because she just she likes to dig into the word of God and and really you know find out what he's saying um, you know she doesn't like to release until she until she fully understands what the meaning behind it is and that is a blessing um, um, you know I almost want to say scholar like um, I just heard the word scholar so I, I bless God for that so we're gonna get started um, <clears throat> Amen. And we are, like I said, we are on session 11, and it's making financial decisions God's way. And um, I, I pray if you haven't been implementing um, a lot, much of what we study, um, it's never too late. You know, any time that you start is the right time to start. So I don't want you to be discouraged in any way, shape, or form. Uh, please forgive me. Stuff started falling down earlier. Um, all right, we gotta kind of secure this a little more. Uh oh. Okay, I do apologize. Uh, uh, thing was falling off my desk, and right before I came on, it it fell, and I picked it up. But I guess it's not a, I didn't secure it enough. So please forgive me; it's starting to fall again. All right, so we are going to dive into the Word of the Lord. Session eleven is making financial decisions God's way. Amen. So financial breathing in this section. We will consolidate some of the previous principles into a plan for financial breathing. I love that, financial breathing, financial peace. Uh, if anybody has ever taken uh, uh, her Dave Ramsey, he has the Financial Peace University, and uh, that's what we want. We want to be able to breathe, um, you know, have financial peace. Amen. This is exhaling, financial breathing. This is exhaling bad habits and inhaling good principles, God's plan is simple. If it were not, how would most of us ever apply it? 
The Holy Spirit simplifies it for us and empowers us to do it when we allow him. Amen? I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit simplifies it for us and empowers us to do it when we allow him. To put God's financial plan into action, we must do the following. One, acknowledge his ownership daily. We must be certain that our daily decisions are surrendered to God. Just as decisions are a daily occurrence, so is the acknowledgement of God's authority. In Proverbs 3, 4 and 6, it says, So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. I got you. When I read this scripture, this is my family scripture for the last 10, 15, 20 years maybe. And so I'm always blessed by this scripture. And and uh, if you ever talk, you know, when you talk about, you know, you have to personalize it, this is where I began to personalize the word of God in my life. So to find favor with God and with others, we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Do not lean on our own understanding. In all our decisions, acknowledge him, and he promises to make, to make our path straight. <clears throat> Amen. It's right there, plain and simple. I know we like to think that God's word is complicated, but God, this word is simple, but we make it complicated. Um, if we trust the Lord with all of our heart, if we lean on our own, we do not lean on our own understanding, if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, God will make straight our path. In Luke 9:23, it says, He was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Um, a couple of years ago, I saw a, a cartoon, and um, give me a second. It was a cartoon, and a man was carrying this cross, and you know he's like, "God, I can't take this cross." And he said, uh, "You know." He looked, he said, well, pick another cross. And then all of the crosses that he looked at, it was these huge ones that were so much bigger than the one that he was carrying. Um, You know, God will not give us more than what we can handle. Um, So when he says to us, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, okay? Whatever it is, whatever that cross is, whatever it is that you go through or you have to bear, Follow the Lord, and God will take you out of this. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will make straight your path. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Prophet Rhonda. Accept God's direction. Many times we ask God for direction, but we precondition our requests with, pre- with presumed answers. Do, not really, do we really believe God will do his best, or do we just say we believe it? And I'm going to tell you personally, um, you know, for many years, uh, I said it. I said it all the time, but it did not show up in my actions. Um, and, and I, you know, you know the saying, actions speak louder than words. Where clearly in my actions, I did not show that I trusted God. Um, and as I look back and realize, you know, just how weak I was in my faith, um, you know, I kept going to church. I kept reading his word, but, you know, I, I didn't trust God the way that I should have in my past. Um, but situations that you go through in life help you to draw closer to the Lord. So don't give up. You know, I continue to go to the church. I continue to pray. I stay connected to the, to the body of Christ. Um, and, and and I would not let go because although I was struggling, I knew that I was in the right place. So I want to encourage you, don't turn away, okay? Ask God. I had to get to the point where I had to say to the, uh, um, uh, in Matthew, Lord, I trust you, but help me with my unbelief. Uh, you know, the father, when he came to him about his son, and that was what the father had to say to Jesus, I trust you, but help me with my unbelief. Um, I had to I had to get to that place, 
And so I want to encourage you, don't give up. Even in this, even in your financial, um, you know, struggles or your financial woes, uh, do not give up on uh, on the body of, do not give up on God. Do not give up. Do not stop reading his word. Do not turn away from him. Continue to press in. Amen? So I just wanted to just, you know, encourage you um, in this. In Matthew 6.30, it says, If God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So we got to trust him. Amen? Matthew 7.11, it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? In this verse, God makes a promise based on a condition. God promises that he will give to us what is good. And we just need to come and ask him. Um, you know, I, I, I love that, but I also know that, you know, oftentimes, you know, we struggle with pride. We don't want to ask, you know, it's just like going to somebody and having to ask. You know, my father, his thing was everything was a no. That was the first answer. It was a no. Um, I love God in that, you know, no could be not right now. No could be later. Um, you know, or no can be that's not what I have for you. Um, so we have to trust him in that and not come. And some of us don't want to ask because we, because we, you know, we're so prideful. We want to do it ourselves. And we come to God with that mentality of I want to do it myself. You know, God wants to help you. He wants you to have everything that you want, but you don't have to struggle to get it. Just trust him. Amen? Mm. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I hear somebody on the line. Anybody want to come forward and say something or give a comment? Amen. Hmm. Anxiety has been described as an overwart condition brought on by fear of an event that has not occurred yet. God doesn't want us to be fearful and anxious. We overcome anxiety by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, boy. And I just want to take a moment um, just to thank God um, for the teachings. I want to just, I thank you, Father God. Lord, we rejoice in you, Father God, that no matter what our situation is, Father God, even in the midst of it, Lord, that we can take the time, Father God, to just rejoice and be glad in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I did that um, because of the scripture. But oftentimes when we're struggling, you know, our, we get so um, wound up and frustrated and worried um, and afraid. And even if we took the time in the midst of a situation where everything seems chaotic, where our finances are out of control, we've got bill collectors, you know, calling us, and we just stop and begin to worship and praise God. It turns the situation around. And know that, you know, I love that it was late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. I believe that wherever you are in that midnight hour, um, and not, not and when you think of midnight hour, it's not that time but that dark place where you're entering into that dark place, turning that situation around and beginning to praise God. <clears throat> and watch God turn your situation around. So I, I want you to just take that as, as a lesson of, you know, how quickly you can turn a situation around um, and, and, you know, and turn it to your, into your favor, turn it for your good. 
um, I heard a testimony, and it's a little off course, but I heard a testimony last week, and it just really blessed me. Uh, the person talked about how they owed um, uh, uh, money uh, for a place that they used to stay. And, you know, they had um, maybe moved out two months, you know, ago, and they called and said, hey, look, you know, I, I you know, I have this amount of money, and I like to make payment arrangements, um, you know, so that I can pay this, pay what I owe down. And the person told us that they didn't owe anything. And I just was, I, I'm like, my God, I just started praising them. I was on mute, and I just started praising God for them, you know, to know that her debt has been canceled. And so in the midst of your situation, taking the time to begin to just praise God. Read this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Know that God did not ever intend for you to stay in that situation. Amen? Testify outwardly of God's ownership inwardly. To breathe financially, it is important to establish a spiritual commitment to giving. Those who have experienced the richness of God's freedom know that surrendering the first part to God is an essential step. In Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your measure of by for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. I bless God for that. Now I shared the story last week about the person when they gave me the thousand dollars, and it was so hard to receive that. Um, I had a I had such I struggled with it, and God said to accept that seed with expectancy and gratitude. And I just think back on they sowed that seed, knowing that they were in need. They sowed the seed. And I love how I believe Joe Osteen, he said, be more seed-oriented than need-oriented. Amen? We need to put the following principles into practice in our lives. Surrender all ownership to God daily, accept God's answers, acknowledge God's ownership. Amen. Applying God's wisdom. Uh, does anybody have, um, who has the book, they want to read this? On page 112 for the book. If you're on the phone, you want to come forward? Okay. Applying God's wisdom. To live by God's plan, it helps to have a list of principles to consider in making decisions. We are all faced with numerous opportunities and choices that affect God's money. Left to our own logic and resources, we will usually miss God's best for us by weighing every decision against God's principles. Satan's snares come can be avoided. And I want I want to you know put some weight on um, uh, you know express that again by weighing every decision against God's principles. Satan's snares can be avoided by weighing every decision against God's principles, Satan's snares can be avoided. Amen? Okay. You want to read uh, one, Avoid Hasty Speculation? The key here is attitude. I love that. Having the attitude. The other day, God, I mean, no, yesterday, today, I kept hearing about the, you know, having the attitude of gratitude, um, you know, having the right attitude, remembering God's principle, remembering that these are principles and not laws. And I have to tell you, um, a couple of months ago, God told me, you know, I needed to study his principle. 
Um, it needed to be embedded on the inside of me. Uh, Prophet Rhonda, you want to come forward and read? Sure, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, number one, avoid hasty speculation. It's Proverbs 23, 4 through 5. Do not weary yourself to gain riches. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings, like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. We should seek God's increase and avoid speculative schemes or unethical involvement. Many times, get-rich-quick schemes are not only unethical, they also may be illegal. The result of a Christian's involvement will be a loss of effective witness of a, of Oh, it doesn't say of an effective witness, a loss of money and a loss of credibility. Although there are many legitimate business opportunities, you should be particularly cautious when looking at unregistered stock investments, promotional land ventures, ground floor startups, and any programs that promise quick, unreasonably large returns on your investment, particularly if they require you to make decisions before investigating the details, and spending time in prayer. Amen. Amen. Mm. I, I thank you. Um, you know, I think we, you and I had talked about this. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, um, <laughs> you know, being always mindful, um, you know, when, when, especially when people want you to make quick decisions and, you, you know, uh, I was, you know, I had looked into, I remember a couple of, well, I guess about a year or two ago, um, you know, I was uh, looking at this coach, and it was a little bit different. And although I did, I, you know, I wish I had the money to, to you know, to go with, to, you know, go with her. Um, I thought it was kind of an invasion because it almost felt like she was pushing me to make a commitment, you know, um, very quickly. Um, and the investment was like seven hundred dollars a month. Like you, ha- you know, I, 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 you know, I needed time to count the cost. I needed time to, you know, figure out was this the best investment for me? Um, you know, and what would be the return on the investment? Uh, you know, we have to be, we have to stop and 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 you know and look at everything and evaluate things. And it wasn't the, and God did, and ended up that God did not want me to go in that in that direction. You know, and and I was like all gun ho, like oh man, this will be great, you know. But it wasn't realistic for me at the time. Um, you know, so we need to be careful. And a lot of times, opportunities are presented to us by people that we may know or we may not know. Can I say? Can you hear me, Stacy? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. I I want to um just say something about this. It's, it's kind of funny, but it's really not. <laughs> um. It's interesting how people can persuade you um, or try to persuade you to make a quick decision. And when I think about this, sometimes um, we laugh. We we laugh a lot. And so sometimes we want to go try, like, you know, drive a car, right? And Mm -hmm. I say, no, we can't go together. I'll go and drive it myself because if we go together, then – um, they're going to be like, okay, well, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? And my excuse is always, um, I'm going to try this out, and then I'd have to talk to my husband about it. And that's just everything. And people respect it. They're not like they're you, they're not going to make a decision if there's a significant other. So right. I give you guys this advice. I mean, you can't lie if you're not married, but you have to figure out what your who you want to talk to person is going to be <laughs> because it just helps. <laughs> it, 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 I'm telling you, every time. Yeah. It gives you yeah. it gives you a buffer time because people are like, okay, well, you can't make that decision by yourself. I, I respect that, but when you're by yourself, people put pressure on you. Yep, that it it is it is it's so true. Um, you know, I I have to laugh. I remember being at the wall with my son years ago, and the guy trying to pressure us to you know to buy some cream for the hand, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and the more the guy talks. The more my son, he he kept looking at me, and um, and when we finally walked away, you know, he started laughing. He said, "Ma," he said, "I could tell by the look on your face, the man was wasting his time." <laughs> he said, "But you, you know, you you tried to humor him, but you know, <laughs> he didn't understand the look <laughs> or the responses." 
it was still going to be no matter how much you tried to convince me, you know, to buy it. You know, I let, I even tried the product. I thought it was a nice I thought it was wonderful. It felt great. But, you know, I wasn't going to buy it, period, which was the first thing that I said. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you as a single person. You know, they, they would definitely, people will try to, um, you know, take advantage of you. I always say taking advantage of you, you know, but they're just trying to steal the deal. Um, you know, and I get that, yes. but you have to know that, you know, it's just if it's not for you, you got to know when to say, I, you know, no, flat out no. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So, so amen. Thank you. You want to read the next one? Uh, one minute. Let me see. Um, number two, keep yeah. your finances current. You when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. And we all know that's Luke 14 and 38. The main theme of this verse is always to count the cost. Um, it is never wise to buy beyond your means or do anything else that will jeopardize your financial freedom. Do not depend on some future event such as a raise or potential sale to meet obligations, sacrifice, wants, and desires, if necessary, stay within your means. Amen. And that is that is uh, what my dad would say, don't, what is it, don't count your eggs before they're in the basket. Right. That's that, yep. right there. Yep. And it's, it's so true. Uh, I mean, I had to, you know, I had to tell my son this, um, I think about two years ago. You know, we were having a conversation. He's just like, well, you know, I'm going to do this because I know I'm getting this. And, you know, he turned around. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. I think he was looking for a raise or something, but he didn't get it. And, you know, and I and I tried to explain him while we were having a conversation. But, you know, when you're young, you, you, you think you know everything. And then he, you know, it, it came back to bite him. He's just like, you know, wow, you know, I was really counting on this. Um, you know, been there, done that. You know, so sometimes, you know, we can share from our foolish experiences. Well, not for there. I mean, they were, you know, we learned a lesson. We became wise in it. Um, but I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Three says, do not go into debt to do God's work. Let me say that again. Do not go into debt to do God's work. Psalms 34.9, oh, fear the Lord. You his saints, but those who fear him, there is no want. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, but those who fear him, there is no want. Allow, although borrowing is not prohibited spiritually, not once in God's word has he ever manifested himself through a loan. This generation needs a positive witness of God's power and authority, and it, start, and it needs to start with Christians believing God in the area of finances. Hmm. The principle of the psalm is that there is no want for those who fear the Lord. To launch out, of our, out on feeling without clear direction and then realize that God's reputation will suffer if he doesn't provide the money, is to test God and not to trust him. Amen? I'm going to read this again. To, to launch out on feeling without clear direction and then realize that God's reputation will suffer if he doesn't provide the money is to test God and not to trust him. Amen. Four, when in doubt, rather than lend, give to the needs of others. Second Corinthians 9.13, because of the proof given by this ministry, this will glorify God for your obedience to your confessions of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. Although lending money to other Christians without interest, let me, I'm sorry, let me read that again. I don't think I, I made it clear. And I'm going to read that from the Amplified. Yeah, amplified. <clears throat> Amen. 
Okay. So I'm going to read this scripture again. Um, this is 2 Corinthians 9.13. And it says, I don't need Amplify. Give me a second. Okay. All right. Because of the act of the ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for your generous participation in this gift for them and for all the other believers in need. Amen. Although lending to many other to, uh, money to other Christians without interest is scripturally permissible, too often the result is a loss of friendship. When real need exists, an outright gift can be a testimony, testimony of commitment and will often provide an opportunity for sharing. Amen. So look for those opportunities to give. Number five, avoid co-signing. If you have become shorty for your neighbor, have given a pledge for a stranger, do this then, my son, and deliver yourself, humble yourself in opportune in an opportune your neighbor. Gotta read that. Definitely in the Amplified, and that's Proverbs six thirteen. Okay. Proverbs six thirteen says, "Who winks with his eye in mockery?" I'm sorry, not six thirteen. It's six one and three. Apologize. Okay, now we got it right. My son, if you have become surety, are guaranteed a debt or obligation for your neighbor. If you have given the pledge for or the debt of a stranger or another outside of your family. That's one. Verse 3 says, Do this now, my son, and release yourself from the obligation. Since you have come into the hand of your neighbor, go humble yourself and plead with your neighbor to pay his debt and release you. Amen. Straight from the word of God. And Proverbs seventeen eighteen says, a man lacking in sense pledges and becomes a guarantor in the presence of his neighbor. Scripture warns against co-signing wherever it speaks of surety, being liable for another's debt and striking hands, making pledges, whether by contract or handshake. Co-signing is pledging assets against the debt of another. By co-signing, you may encourage someone to borrow beyond his or her ability to repay. If someone values your friendship enough to ask for help, you may be able to help in other ways, including sound advice and creative solutions. The principle expressed in the Proverbs above is a simple one, don't. And I don't know if, if everybody remembers when we first talked about this, it's um, lend money, not your name. Your name is valuable. It carries status. Um, you know, if you have the money to lend, lend them the money or give them the money. But lend your money, not your name. That, that's, um, you know, I heard that uh, a budget, um, a, a woman, she focuses on budget, and she said that, and I'm like, that was phenomenal. Lend money, not your name. Evaluate purchases based on needs, wants, desires. In 1 Timothy 6, 8, it says, If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. God has promised to provide for our needs, but he has not promised to save for our wants or our desires. Many Christians are unhappy because they can't discern the difference between needs, wants, and desires. We are told to learn to be satisfied with what we have. That was a powerful one. As you know, we learned about contentment. And um, we have to learn to be content. And um, sometimes, you know, our wants and our desires, you know, it gets all jumbled in with our needs. 
You know, I know you oftentimes when I go food shopping, I love sales and I love coupons. And so when I make my list, I try to stick to the list. And there might be something that I want, um, but I'll wait. I try to wait, you know, because before I I used to throw it all in together. You know, the wants, the desires, the needs, they all became, they were all necessary, you know, at one point. And I had to learn to separate that. Um, you know, and I, like I said, I'm a couponer and I love, you know, the, I love um, when there's sales, so I look for that. And um, I bought a globe recently. I had sent a picture of this to Prophetess Rhonda, but I bought it because when I was uh, doing my shopping, you know, I saw how much I was going to be saving, and, you know, that was more than enough for me to buy my little globe. Um, you know, I had already allocated the amount of money that I, you know, I needed, so I knew what I needed. But because I was able to save, I was able to get something else. Um, you know, so if you just think, of, sometimes you have to think in terms of that. Um, but be very clear. You know, you know, we hear about people they spend money, they bought an outfit. You know, they use their rent to buy an outfit. Um, so at least they look good, but the rent still has to be paid. Amen. We don't want to be in that way. Amen. So this, thank you, Father God. Oh, was somebody coming on? I wasn't coming on, but I did say amen in the back. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. You want to read seven? Hold on one second. Sure. Okay. Um, never make quick financial decisions. Uh, this is Second Peter 1, 5 through 6. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness. The hallmark of most bad business decisions or purchases is the necessity for quick decisions. Almost without exception, pressure, financial decisions are regretted later. Trust God's wisdom. If he is behind the transaction, there will be sufficient there will be sufficient time to discern his direction. The verse above addresses some essential characteristics of a Christian. Moral excellence, uh, knowledge, uh, self-control, perseverance, and godliness. Well, the godliness is the last thing. Amen. That was a good one. Yes, it was, yes. Amen. Thank you. It's, it, that was if second I could, Peter. Uh-huh, go ahead. Well, I, it, what stuck out to me was moral, because I talked about it on a prayer call on Saturday, moral honesty was the word that um, I was talking about the interview that I heard with Pastor Stephen Furtick and one of the um, guys on the radio, and he and that I don't I heard it last week, but it just it stayed with me. Moral honesty, just doing what's right and wrong. So when I saw that moral excellence, I was like, okay, moral honesty and excellence. You know, moving in, um, doing things right. You know what I mean? And we've been talking about this a lot. And even even I mean, this even talks about what we're talking about bad decisions and um, making sure things are in place and moving too fast and all this stuff. And what does it say? Um, if he is behind a transaction, there will be sufficient time to discern his direction. Mm-hmm. So we probably can just uh, cut this out <laughs> of the book and tape right. it on our headboard. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that. You know, oftentimes mm-hmm. we think that we're going to miss out on an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ever watch, you know, it's funny because, you know, I thought I had missed out on this opportunity and, uh, you know, I was a little bummed out by it. But the opportunity came back around when I actually had the money to do it. You know, so not every opportunity, sometimes, you know, we're making these quick decisions that are just not right at the time. And we just have to, you know, trust God and, 
you know, and and it's, I, and I remember saying, God, I really wanted to do this, but I just don't have it. And sure enough, it came around when I had the money, you know. Amen. So sometimes you just got to wait. Amen. Thank you. I, I pray that this is just a, just a lesson is, is a blessing to people. Amen. Eight. Accept God's no as well as His yes. In Philippians four twelve to thirteen, it says, "I know how to get along with with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry." both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I, you know, as I'm reading this scripture, it's like I'm, I'm, I, I see me in this scripture. You know, um, I know the, you know, have, I know um, the secret to being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens I believe this just um, gave me a new uh, new understanding for this scripture. Amen. Remember that God's perfect will may be served best by his saying no sometimes. To the Christian who is trusting Christ moment by moment, quality of life is totally independent of circumstance. The ability to thank God in every circumstance demonstrates full dependence upon him. And God has often used financial matters to develop maturity in his children. I tell you, after hearing that, I think some people just got more mature. I think I did. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Bless God. Commit this to memory. Commit this scripture to memory. And that was Philippians 4, 12 to 13. Number nine says, if you don't have peace, don't buy. Proverbs 10.22, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And Psalms 37.3 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I tell you, the other day I wanted to get something. I wanted to buy something. And I was close to, you know, clicking the button, but I just had no peace about it. And I had to finally say, God, you know, am I supposed to get this? And all I, you know, knew, I knew that I, I wasn't supposed to get it now. You know, the answer is no. Um, but it's just, and I and I said, Lord, I don't have peace. Like, I wanted it. I was like, I wanted it so bad. But I, can, I, I, I realized I didn't have peace in it. And so, you know, sometimes, it, you know, we want something so bad. Like, it's like a, you know, shiny object in front of us. But it's just, it's not for us. And so we have to um, be willing to step down and allow God's will to be done. Amen? Hmm. Often we are not as responsive to God's guidance as we should be. Because we become emotionally involved with an impending financial decision, As as a last resort, God simply establishes within us a feeling of uneasiness to stop our direction. The principle to learn at these times, if you don't have peace, stop. Take time to pray and think about it. But half of God has some alternative provision. In verse uh, 10, excuse me, uh, 10 says, husbands and wives should agree. God puts opposites together. In fact, it has been said that if the two of you are alike, one of you is unnecessary. In Genesis 2, 22 and 24, the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib from a rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. For this reason, a man shall, lift, shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And that's Genesis 2, 22 and 24. God tells us that in marriage, two become one, literally. Unfortunately, in practice, many couples lead separate lives when it comes to finances. All too often, the wife is strapped with the job of trying to balance unbalanced accounts and deal with the hostile creditors. 
while a husband pretends to ignore the obvious. The end result is often hostility, remoteness, and nearly half the time the result is divorce. Don't let this happen to your marriage. Face these decisions together. God will provide what you need. You must, you must supply the discipline to live within these needs. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them fall, uh, fall the one will lift up with, uh, his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. <clears throat> Amen. And that's uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Eleven says, understand who you are. We are uniquely different, but we are also similar in many ways. If, you, if we are to get along with our spouses, it is probably a good idea to understand why we respond to the way we do the financial situation. And it's critical to understand why our spouses respond the way they do. For simplicity's sake, I will show the different personality styles and in only four categories. Actually, we blend all of these styles, but usually one is distinct and dominant. Take these assessments. And we're not going to do this now. I think this is something we should do on our own. Um, I don't know. Or should we do this? <clears throat> if you have the book, we uh, should take this assessment. And if you don't have the book, maybe I'll take a picture of it and um, and we can post it and then kind of go through the score, um, if that's okay. Prophetess? Yes, that's fine, um, please. Okay. All right. Amen. Uh, remember two things. No personality is better than the other. Two these assessments are only guidelines, not absolute. Knowing who you are will help to develop balanced, godly financial plans. God's best to you and good plans. Amen. All right. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to take a picture of this and I'm going to um, post it. I will send it to uh, Marisol. Um, but everybody will have the opportunity um, to, in their quiet time, answer these questions. Okay? Amen. I want to thank you. Um, Thursday, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Thursday, don't forget, are we doing it at uh, 8.30, right, on Thursday? Yes, 8.30 on Thursday. Okay. All right. So we will meet again on Thursday, and we're going to be wrapping this up. We have one more session. Um, it is a lot of questions, and so I'm going to talk to uh, Prophetess about, you know, how we want to do that last class. Um, and I know that there's going to be some prizes or a prize given, so I'm looking forward to that. So we're just going to pray out, and uh, thank you, Father God. Lord, I bless your name, Father God. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for your teachings. I thank you, Father God. I pray, Lord, that our minds are like sponges, Father God, that we are absorbing your word, Father God, that we are hearing what thus saith the Lord about our finances, Father God. I pray, Lord, that this Bible study has been an encouragement, Father God, that we don't become distracted, that we don't um, feel like we're not doing the right thing, Father God, but you want to structure us, Father God. You want to structure our finances, Father God. You feel, Thank you, Father God, because our families are important to you, Father God. So I thank you, Lord, that we are going to take out this financial giant, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you have given us a stone like David, Father God, to defeat the giant, Father God, the financial giant within, Lord. I pray, Father God, prosperity. I pray growth. I pray um, um Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. I pray, Lord, our education, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that we are gaining the wisdom, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the wisdom, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, for correction, Father God, for correction to any errors, Father God, 
on how we have been doing our finances, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we will learn to balance our finances, our budget, Father God. I pray, Lord, that everyone collectively is putting away a savings, Father God, and building up the emergency fund, Lord, that is necessary, Lord. I thank you, Father God, because your word, Father God, we have no lack, Father God, if we would trust you with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, Father God, that you would make straight our path, Father God. So I thank you, Lord, for the road of prosperity coming forth in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. I want to thank everyone for um, for joining us for this Bible study. This has truly been an awesome time. And I uh, look forward to hearing your sound on Thursday. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.